And a good Monday afternoon to you. Welcome on in to the Amron Illinois Lunch Show here on ClabesOnline.com. As always, powered by Amron Illinois, along with Gray Bar and driven by Munganath St. Louis Acura. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne in sunny Tampa as the Cardinals get set for a three-game series against the Rays starting tomorrow night down at Tropicana Field. I assume it's sunny down there. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It okay. is. Uh, and we're in St. Pete, by the way. You know, okay. Where the, where the stadium is also. Um, so it's a nice area. You know, a lot to do around here. So I'm going to get a chance to sample some of it later. We will talk baseball coming up later on, but a rare occasion that uh, the Cardinals and baseball aren't the lead of the show on Monday as the NCAA had some uh, pretty big uh, happenings over the weekend. A lot of conference realignment and claims for years. It's kind of been rumored that we would just get down to just a couple mega conferences, and it seems like something happened the dam broke and the the floodwaters just kind of went everywhere around college sports this weekend and the uh, the pac-12 is kind of left uh on the outside looking in yeah it's it's uh one of those things that you you could see coming and it's one step closer to seeing these these conferences walk away from the ncaa uh, there's a lot of money at stake and i think it really kind of started when you look at when when colorado signed Deion sanders and, and brought that that vibe into the university. Uh, the TV deal had to be torn up because they knew that this was going to be a legitimate draw. One thing leads to another, and all of a sudden the conferences start saying, "Well, wait a minute, you know, maybe we ought to start looking at new TV deals along the way." So some TV deals were constructed. The Big Ten got involved, and then you have uh, you know the Big Twelve trying to trying to save themselves because remember, it wasn't too long ago we thought the Big Twelve was going to have to board up and go away. So these guys went for the money grab. They went for the consolidation. And uh, it won't be long before these guys walk into the NCAA and say, we're done. We don't need you anymore. We've got a TV deal. We'll put these rules together and we'll deal with the name and likeness on our own terms. And, uh, you know, see you later. Now, that doesn't mean the NCAA won't have a place because they still have other schools that are still playing sports. I think one of the issues is going to be what does this do for basketball? Because basketball is next as far as alignment is concerned. Um, and when they get those two sides put together, uh, because those are the two biggest revenue generating activities that college sports has to offer, uh, once they get that figured out, then it'll definitely be a death nail in, in the NCAA's coffin, and rightfully so, because if it wasn't for the NCAA's greed and callous way they approach things, we would not have all these issues going on. Yeah, what is it? Right now, I mean, the Big Ten are they are they up to eighteen schools right I now? So. Yeah. so yeah, fourteen right now, and we already knew USC and UCLA were going to be joining uh, eventually um, in in a, in a few years, and then Oregon and Washington come in. So now the Big Ten, which is now kind of forming a, a east. I mean, they they really do. They span the entire country from from Rutgers to Oregon. I, they're they're going east coast to west coast uh, right now. And you know, you mentioned basketball. You mentioned that some of the other sports. I mean, travel is is going to come into play on a lot of this. And I know Eli Drinkwitz had some comments to make about the uh, the realignment and just kind of what it does for the student in the word student athlete of uh, of things. Yeah, it's gonna, it's a game changer. Uh, you know, the, you know, we remember we used to have the twenty hour rule <clears throat> of practice. 
you know, that's got to expand because of the travel that comes into play. And it seems like now we've gotten away from the academic challenges, you know, that, that are provided. I, you, know, you don't ever hear about anybody flunking out or academically ineligible. You don't ever hear about that element of what college students are all about. This is a money grab. And, you know, while I'm sure somebody's looking over the shoulder of somebody else, it is going to really change the dynamics of how we look at college sports. I mean, I, we thought the portal and NIL was going to be different. It's going to make things different. And it truly has. But I think from a standpoint of being able to recruit, when you can recruit the country now, uh, you know, for your conference, that's that's a real game changer. That's a that's a huge game changer as far as where you get players from who were traditionally accustomed to staying on the West Coast. Well, you know what? The West Coast, you know, uh, you can stay on the West Coast if you want to, but, you know, the West Coast is going to be going east. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's going to be a lot of different things that's going to change about it. So I'm, I'm anxious to see how this unfolds. I just think there's so much to unpack here with regard to the logistics of this and how the money is going to be divvied up and, and what TV networks are going to carry what. Uh, and where does streaming come into play? I mean, there's so many things that we have yet to unravel. It's almost like live to a merger. You know, we heard about it, but we still don't know what the hell's going on. At what point, I mean, now, you know, we know the SEC is about to add Oklahoma and Texas. And the SEC, I mean, all of this, it's, you know, it's cute that the Big Ten is expanding the way they are, or the same with the Big 12, but everything runs through the SEC. Football runs through the SEC. I mean, you look at uh, some other sports that just the baseball. SEC. Yeah, baseball. I mean, what is it? 19 of the last 20 that's been won by baseball. Probably the yeah. same in football. I mean, it's just, it's unreal how dominant they are. And, and look at when what it they comes do to the sports. Now. Yeah. I and mean, they, they got a seat at that table now. And they're, you know, you're adding two other mega schools in Oklahoma and Texas. So it's only going to get better for that. Uh, do they look at, adding on anybody else when they see all these other yeah, teams? I, I mean, will. is yeah, it the race know, to 20 right now for one of these, I, for any of these conferences? I think that Florida state might be a team. They might want a program. They might want to look at because Florida state's not happy with the ACC and how they're doing business. And that's another conference that could go belly up. You know, the, the way they've handled some things, that's another conference that could find themselves being the East coast version of the PAC 12. I could. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that's kind of where I was going to lead with my next next thought on this, because if you're the Pac-12, how many teams do you have right now? I mean, what are Four. they? Uh, so you, what do you do have? You, Stanford, Cal, Washington State. And who else? I'm missing somebody. And uh, so what are the options? I mean, the options there. So, uh, yeah, as I'm looking at this right now, you have it's Cal, Oregon State, Stanford Oregon and Washington State and Washington State. What do you do there? I mean, what what are the uh, what are the legitimate no options? I mean, do you go and bring in Gonzaga or Utah State or some of these other schools around the West Coast, or you just say, you know what, we're out of, we're out of the business. Everybody, go find jobs at these other conferences. Well, it's a good question. You know, Gonzaga has basketball; they don't right. have football, so you kind of piecemeal in a conference together. Uh, it's amazing that the two biggest, the biggest market TV wise in LA, when UCLA and USC leave, it just creates an incredible void. But the thing is, those other schools, nobody really cares about what they do from a football standpoint. They've never been relevant. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they the great academic schools. You know, Stanford leads the way. Cal's had a couple of good years along the way. But who cares about Oregon State or Washington State? They, they've never had a real seat at that table. So it's, it's a, a situation that they're going to have to get really creative or re-image themselves as far as what kind of conference they want to be. They don't want to go down to Division II or anything like that because it's a lot of TV money at stake. But they're going to have to figure out something quick, real quick. And if you are in this, uh, you know, if your team looks look at the Big Ten, if your team like Northwestern, when was the last time they were relevant in any of these big sports? Well, they they got to a couple of bowl games. Right. Uh, they got in a tournament a couple of times. Did they uh, get in? A, have they? I don't think yeah. Northwestern's ever been. Yeah, they've been in the tournament. The NCAA, the basketball yes. tournament. Yes. They were okay. in recently. They were in recently. All right. But they're not. I mean, but, but to your point, you're right. I mean, they, they really, there was a time when you'd have the Northwesterns and the Vanderbilts and the Cows, you would have them for academic prowess. Okay. They, they were just there to keep the, G, the, the conference GPA up. Well, nobody talks about that anymore as far as what our conference offers academically. Mm-hmm. This is about who got the best players. And so, do they form an alliance? And you know, does Cal, Stanford, Northwestern, uh, I know I'm missing a school somewhere, Vanderbilt. Now, Vanderbilt's not going anywhere, they, they like that TV money, right? Too. <laughs> uh, if you're but, gonna start throwing all those private schools in there like that, I mean, that's SLU should jump in there for, for something. I mean, we've talked plenty of times listen, about how SLU needs a change of SLU, a scenery. SLU, if SLU doesn't get into the Big East, they have no reason to think that they can be relevant. Because when the, when these conferences succeed from the NCAA, if you don't have a chair when the music stops, you might as well apply to go yep. in and join the Colonial Conference or some, somewhere else because you're irrelevant now. Yeah. By the way, so at Northwestern, so their first ever tournament, uh, conference tournament appearance was 2017. So they mm-hmm. were out of it until 2017. They did make it last year in 2023. So for all the years that Northwestern – as athletics has been around Northwestern basketball has been around two appearances in the NCAA tournament. And they've happened here in the last six years. That's not yeah. good. That's not good. <laughs> well, you know, I'll I tell you something, you know, you, you mentioned St. Louis, you St. Louis, you isn't far off of that. I mean, they've been in sporadically, but they've never been able to have some legitimate traction. No. And I, I look at them as being a, a, a competent program, but they have to be better. They have to be yeah. better. Uh, you know, they can't sell the fact that this is a good TV market. Uh, that it's got to be more than that. And, you know, it's going to be it's going to be something to pay attention to. We are just a few weeks away from the start of the uh, the college football season, which, by the way, speaking of college football, happy birthday today uh, to Howard Richards. Uh, the, uh, Big the tiny. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what number it is. I'm not going to guess, but uh, I, I, I got a good that. idea. <laughs> but, but I did. I saw earlier today that it's uh, that it's his birthday today, and we are just a, a few weeks away from uh, from college football and that season uh, starting up. Any expectations uh, out of you so far from any conversations you've had with Howard on what to expect out of Mizzou football this year? Well, you know, I talked to him and I talked to Eli Drakewitz recently, and uh, they feel like they both feel like defensively they're going to really, really be good. Uh, Offensive line is starting to come together a little bit. Um, They're still trying to figure out what the running game is going to look like. Um, They're going to move Luther into the slot. And uh, so I think they're going to be better. 
Uh, but, you know, how much better do you have to be in order to be survivable in the SEC? Now, you got a really soft schedule, okay? You're not conference scheduled, with the exception of South Dakota. South Dakota's been able to put together some some very impressive games over the course of time. But the other teams you're facing, you, you, know, you should steamroll them. You, you have mm-hmm. to make a statement against those programs. Now, you cannot be going into halftime leading by six or leading by a field goal. You need to assert, send, it, send a message loud and clear early. Uh, but I, you know, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for improvement because if there's not an improvement, then the program's in trouble. And here's why: because Luther Burden will leave. Okay, mm-hmm. he'll he'll go to the portal, and that'll be the last time we ever see him. He's got a really interesting class coming in next year, and I know they're still waiting on a commitment from a couple of other people. Uh, Ryan Wingo's one of them, young man from St. Louis U High. Uh, they got Jude James from Francis Howell. Those two guys have been friends since kid. They were kids. And I think they like to play together, but still in all, you have to make sure that your program is better up front mm-hmm. when it comes to your offensive and defensive lines. If you don't have them, and I know I preach about it all the time, but and I always use Alabama as, as an example. And I can even use Georgia. Look at how many guys and look at how many guys that they have that get drafted in the first round early in the first round. Now that doesn't mean that you have to go out and have a bunch of first rounders. But if the other guy down the street has a few, you might want to think about improving your situation because that's the mm-hmm. only way you're going to contend against schools like that. Yeah, the uh, huddle up with Howard. We, uh, I assume, making its return here in uh, in just a couple weeks. It will, and uh, we got we got to figure out. We got to do. We're we're going to rearrange the way we do our NFL picks, our college football picks this year. I think it's going to be more on a confidence schedule, on a confidence point system. I think is how we're going to go about doing that this season. Whatever it is, let me know and just make sure you put my name on the trophy. <laughs> That's another thing too is we got to put some. Uh, we're, yeah, we, we do need to have some too. sort yep. of some sort of recognition, you know, financially. Ah, you know, we ought to find us a trophy of some sort. We'll or figure. Else. Yeah. Well, uh, that's uh, you know what I'm you. you you know, you know damn well that I, I'd be all for a championship belt when it yeah. comes to this. But as far as uh, being in the running for this, that's that has not been uh, have not been the best. No, at, it hasn't. Uh, at doing, no, true. it really, really hasn't. Hey, this is the Amron Illinois Lunch Show with Klaibs and Joe, brought to you each and every week by Amron Illinois. And Klaibs, you and I both have had a chance to uh, to talk with a few people over at Amron. Uh, about the way that they handle big storms, uh, handle emergency situations. And with the weather that we have been having here in St. Louis these past few weeks, with all the rain and the storms, uh, they they have been working a lot of overtime on the Illinois side uh, and throughout the the Midwest. Uh, I was with with the president of Amherst, Illinois, recently, Lenny Singh, and we were just talking about, you know, how, you know, they have been working wall to wall, uh, they they are as prepared as anybody, you know, and they're, they're getting help from outside. But it's a daunting task, uh, and I don't think people take uh, take appreciation to it until you don't have power. And uh, you know, they work really hard in making sure it's restored as quickly and as safely as possible. And uh, if you don't believe us, you can go on their website and check them out and see all the things that they're doing. We've been talking about them for the last three years about what that the impact they've had on on our community on both sides of the river but certainly in illinois and uh the things that they have planned for the future you know the electric vehicle issue is is a major one that's on the on the horizon and how you can get enough charging stations within the state especially southern illinois especially how how they're spread out 
So there are a lot of things that we're going to be doing here in the very near future with Ameren that will even enhance their situation more, including, uh, I know I'm going to do it. I don't know if you want to do it. We're going to climb a pole. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so, you, you tell me when and where. and uh, uh, we'll, When I get back, we'll, we'll put it all together. All right. We're going to be lining for a day. Okay. That uh, hey, I'm I'm for it. Whatever whatever we need to do, whatever kind of adventure uh we need to go on with uh with the folks in Ameren, I'm down with uh with doing that. So all right, yeah, you you just let me know and I'll uh I'll be there. Hey, let's talk some cardinal baseball. We will do that when we come back here in 30 seconds. It's the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. Holiday. Out to deep right! Yes! 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 He did it! On Friday, August 18th, the Cardinals host the Mets, and that night, 25,000 fans aged 16 and older take home a Cardinals Hall of Fame car parade bobblehead thanks to Ford. Fans will be surprised at the gates when they receive one of two mystery bobbleheads. Will it be Matt Holliday or will it be Ted Simmons? Which one will you get? Find out August 18th. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Back here, lunch with Claves and Joe. It's the Ameren, Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe, driven by Munganats St. Louis Acura, Munganats Burkhart, Alton, Toyota, and Claves. Uh, another thing, when you get back, we'll have to head out to Munganats St. Louis Acura, do a show from there on a Monday afternoon. Uh, over 300 cars available out there at Munganass, both new and pre-owned. And I mean, 300 is just a huge number when you look at what some of the other dealerships in town have to offer. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Munganass has been around for a long time. They have great contacts and making sure they get product. Uh, a lot of dealerships are still scrambling, uh, but you don't have that issue at Munganass. And they also have a great selection of pre-owned cars as well. So there are a number of things you can do. You can go online. I personally like to go in and kick the tires and, and see for myself. But there's a lot of information you can find out before you go in and talk to the professionals at Munganass on both sides of the river. And there's going to have a car with your name on it. And it's going to be for a good price, too. You know, cars are expensive. But I think when you see how they can create the financing and do all the other things that make you feel like you're comfortable in being able to handle such a uh, challenge, because you think about the biggest investments you make outside of your family or your home and your car. And uh, this is an opportunity for you to go out and check them out and see what they have available. And as, as you just mentioned, Joe, over 300 cars is going to have, there's got to be one that's going to have your name on it. Yeah, all makes and models too. So just when you, because you see that word Acura, you see the Toyota name on it. Yeah, they have the new ones in both of those models and uh, off Manchester and in Alton, but they have all different kinds of makes and models out there. Find it online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. Klaibs, as we mentioned, you're down in St. Pete. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the Cardinals meet for three games starting tomorrow night. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that of all the times that you have visited Tampa, that you visited Tropicana, I don't think you've ever been there in a playoff atmosphere this late in the season um, in, in what should be a, uh, a pretty fun environment this week. Oh, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, when we've been here, they've had decent crowds, but nothing to the level of where they're at now. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And, you know, the way the schedule sets up, it looks like Matthew Libertor is going to pitch down here. Okay. And, you know, that matchup with him, a Rosarina, you know, that's that's one of the one of the trades that everybody's still scratching their head over. So there, there's a lot of things at stake on this road trip. You know, they got to play better. 
I mean, yesterday was a good game. Uh, you know, they just couldn't push a run across the plate. They pitched well the other night on Saturday night. Steven Max looked good. So there are certain things you, you try and take away from. I know there was an issue last night. Somebody said that, you know, uh, Mason Wynn was taken out of the game, you know, and as if he was coming to St. Louis. I talked to him last night. He just had a little his hip was barking just a little bit. And they just shut him down as a precaution. And because especially with the day off today, he gets two days basically to rest up a day and a half to rest up. So this is the time of the year when people in our business really started to rub me the wrong way because, you know, they just take everything like it's breaking news. Hey, and the hey bro, make a phone call. The Cardinals have been the the, Mo, Mo and the Cardinals have been very clear about the timeline on Mason Wynn. I, I think mean, the they, earliest would be the 19th. I was going to say, it's. I thought it was the 19th or the 20th is yeah. when he could be called up. So, I mean, they're not playing for anything right now. It would be absolutely foolish to call him up 10 days early and ruin whatever kind of plan that you have in place right now. I mean, that's just, it seems like it'd be bad business to do something like that. So yeah, wait for the 19th, wait for the 20th, whenever that is. And then you could start watching Mason Wynn give yeah. hugs in the dugout down in hold, Memphis. Hold off on the breaking news stuff. Okay? Right. <laughs> anyway. So I, let's, you know what? I, yesterday, Zach Thompson pitched really well. In in his outing, Stephen Matz, I, I believe, has the second lowest ERA since uh, in the last month, second to Shohei Otani right now in all of baseball. So when you start to look at next year, because that's where we are right now, it's two months left in the season. We're shifting our attention to what that rotation is going to look like in 2024. Is Steven Matz, is he back on your radar now yeah. of being a viable starting pitcher after yes. whatever he's discovered? Yes. Uh, I, I think he's on your radar for a couple of reasons. One, he's pitched much better. Two, you're paying him. Yeah. You know, so I think he's he's made a statement. Uh, what we saw from Zach Thompson is something they can certainly build on. I think I still want to see a little bit more. Um, the bullpen with JoJo Romero has started to kind of take shape in his role. I still think you need a professional experienced closer, but there's certain things that you're starting to see. You say, okay, let me take a look at that one more time. Mm -hmm. Let's let's give, let, let it eat a little bit and see what happens uh, because they're going to start internally, but they're not going to make the mistake they made this previous year of staying internal. They're going to bring in some other people. Okay. We're not going to go out here and say, you know, we got six guys in our rotation, you know, in spring training. And it was, I understood why you did it because they were already here. Not going to do that one again. The uh, as of right now, who is your big name? Because you're talking about going out. Are you talking about making a trade or getting a free agent? Which which one? Are I think you, you might do both. Run? Okay, I think you might do both. Uh, I'll tell you a guy who who intrigues me, and maybe because I saw him up close with Sonny Gray. He's he's a guy that just he he has been so consistent, and I feel like so under the radar. He's given up just five years. home runs this year. Yeah, five. Uh, so that's a guy I would take a look at. Is I he mean, is he free agent after I this year? So. I okay, so. because the other big name free agent I feel like out there is going to be Blake Snell. Yeah, but you know what? There's there's some people that'll tell you Blake Snell isn't what you think he is. Um, you know he he's your quintessential five inning pitcher. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have to think about that, and I think what's also important here. You, you have to be careful of not paying a guy for what he did. And I, and the guy who comes to mind is uh, guy in Pittsburgh, I mean, Philadelphia. 
Aaron Nola. Okay. You know, because he's a workhorse. So you have to wonder how many more bullets does he have for his next contract? So there's there's some things you got to step back and reevaluate. And I'll tell you something else that's going to come into play. If the owners didn't learn something this year by signing these guys, these big long-term contracts, when will they learn? Uh, because there's too many teams that are competing with less payroll. And we're mm-hmm. seeing one in Tampa. You look at the Marlins. You look at some other teams that have really been good at scouting and developing. And they're going to have to pay somebody at some point. But at the end of the day, they, they, they're the $300 million payrolls. They're going to be watching this thing on TV. Yeah. Aaron Nola, 2018, he threw 212 innings. 2019, 202. In 21, 180. Last year, he threw 205. He, as you mentioned, he is, I mean, he's a, he's a big boy. He's a workhorse, 6'2", 200 pounds. I feel like those guys, that that's the durable body that's out there. Those are the yeah. guys that are going to continue to do that team after team and go out there and throw you those 200 innings, no matter what team they play for. I'd much rather, I think, go after a guy like that, who's been consistent at that 200 number, than go at a guy that just had one big year and was was lights out for a year and then change his environment. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point. Um, and you know what? Maybe they come back and kick the tires on Flaherty, make it a short deal. See, I'm of the belief if it's me, I give 20 for three, 20 a year for three years. For Flaherty? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm getting the best of him at that point. Okay. He'll be 30 when he's up again. Go mm-hmm. right back and get in line again if he wants to. What do you think of his uh, first appearance with the Orioles? Topping yeah, out ninety seven. He, he was really good. Yeah, he's really good. I watched that game and uh, Slider was working that. He he started throwing his curveball more. Did you get to watch uh, it with the volume up, or were you guys broadcasting? Were you working while that was uh, going on? I had it on for a little while. We, it okay, was, we had it on the booth. I was just going to say, who I don't know if you had had a chance to hear who was a big fan of Jack Flaherty, but Jim Palmer seemed to really yeah. enjoy watching him pitch on uh, on that afternoon. Yeah. Um, I, I think you think throw in the account that A, he was pitching well, and B, he was new, somebody you yeah. hadn't seen before. So that goes into play also. Yeah. I haven't seen – has Jordan Montgomery pitched yet for uh... – Pitched uh, Saturday, didn't he? Did he? Okay. Yeah. I think he pitched Saturday. I don't know. So, I don't remember his line score, but I thought he played, pitched well. I didn't see that. I, I knew up in Toronto they have – that Hicks and Cabrera have both uh, – they, they both got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they, they had a rough outing. So right now, I mean, early returns. All right. You know, I, again, this is the, you know, we talked about this last week and somehow everybody, you know, it's the same thing whenever there's news in the world, actual news, political news, it's something around the world that people become experts on it. Suddenly around the trade deadline, everybody becomes experts on everybody else's farm systems all well, around uh, baseball, even though they hadn't heard of any of these guys, but they'll look at it and go, oh, well, you know, look at those numbers. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, and I've refrained from getting into that that discussion because I, I haven't seen any of these guys. If one of these guys was in a Bellman's uh, waiter's uniform, I wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. So I'm going to wait until we get, get our real eyes on him. And maybe even people in our organization can see him mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, so w- when you look at these kind of deals, it, it's just nothing but fodder at this point because, you know, th- we don't know. Yeah. And, and I'm a realist about that. I, I mean, hey, I don't know. And and I won't know. I may not know for a couple of years. 
No, we were, Rammer and I were talking about it this past week when the twins were in town. Johan Durant, the closer for the twins. Oh my what? God. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. This guy was, he threw a couple of split fingered, 100 mile an hour fastball. 102. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now, hold on, man. Let's talk about this for a minute. And, you know, we had a, I don't know if you heard our pregame show with Ali Marmel the other day, uh, Sunday with regard to the change in the game with regard to pitching where, you know, because these bullpens are getting so good and teams are spending money on bullpens now, it's almost a five or six inning game because the guys they bring out of the bullpen now are are, all borderline unhittable. Mm -hmm. You know, they may have an off day from time to time, but you don't catch up to one or two with Mm -hmm. movement. Now, and the reason why I say one or two, because, Ali had a great point. I think he said he gave me a number the other day. Uh, a few years ago, the, the top guy who was throwing was at 91, and now it's like 96, 97. But point being, my thing is this. The more you see 95, 96, the better chance you have of, of having success. Mm-hmm. But you don't see 102 with movement that often. You know, you don't see guys throwing – you know, 95 mile an hour changeups. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So that's why these bullpens, when they come in, man, it's o- it's over. You know, if you can file a few off and you might look up and square one up. You might you might be guessing. But Tyler O'Neill put one in the bullpen, yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that's not that's not the best approach. No. So no. I don't know. My point being on him though. He was just kind of thrown in in an Eduardo Escobar deal with the Diamondbacks five years ago. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. He was just thrown in there. And now five years later, as you said, throwing 102 unhittable with that splitter. I'm sure the twins, when they made that deal five years ago, didn't look at that and say, yeah, hey, yeah, we know what we're going to have by 22. You know, we know what's going to be in our bullpen. Absolutely no idea. It's just one of those that hits. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Tampa – Tampa this week, as you mentioned, so you get a chance to see uh, Randy Arozarena up close. I imagine that even though the Cardinals are not having a great year, they will still be represented in the stands quite well due to the following they have in the state of Florida. Well, so, you got to remember the Cardinals used to train here. Right. So there's still some remnants of that. Uh, we've had good crowds here when we've come before. Yeah. So uh, I'm anxious to see what happens when they come out. I, I got friends and family here as well. So. It'll be an interesting weekend. Weekend and then, baseball. And then what? No no game on Sunday, right? Can you believe that? I, I, I saw that on the calendar. I was like, this has to be a tie. Because I, I have one of the magnetic calendars on my fridge. And I saw that. And I'm like, this has to be wrong. This has to be something that they missed. And went and looked. And sure enough, how? How does that happen? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I, I think what they're going to have to do um, when expansion rolls around two things we had to be more creative with the schedule find more open dates and also maybe it's time for realignment you know i mean from a regional standpoint you know chip carey and i've had this discussion a few times about realignment and maybe we'll get him on and just let let we'll pick his brain about what he sees because he's a very he's a thinker when it comes to redefining the game uh so i think at that point though you know, everybody's kind of looking at, hey, it's Sunday. It's Sunday before school starts. Don't you want to maximize those days? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. One of your prime days before school starts, you're not playing. That was, I mean, what was it earlier this year? It was not Memorial every Day. Team, not every team played on Memorial Day. I'm not sure if every team played on the 4th of July well, or how not about this, this year. You know, like, the Cardinals were initially scheduled to be off. Yeah. And they called Kansas City and said, hey, look, you know, we, we can make some money this day. And so Kansas City, yeah, okay, just, we'll, stay, we'll, we'll reschedule it. So I don't know, man. I'm not in the room when they do that. It's probably good that I'm not. They need to go back. I, I, it, they have computer-generated schedules, right? Is that how they're doing it now? I'm not sure. They used to have a person that did it. That's what I'm saying. You need to actually get people to look at it and go, yeah. hey, this is wrong. This doesn't look right. Right. We can't have this happen. Let's, well, but let's you know, figure out where team, to change it. Teams can request certain dates, you know. Um, so it, it's kind of a hokey thing. And, you know, I'll I tell you, I know somebody who really is in tune with how the schedule works. Maybe we'll get them on to have talk about it. We will, uh, yeah, we'll see how the Cardinals do this week. Day off today, three against Tampa, then two Friday and Saturday only against Kansas City this uh, this weekend. Uh, Rammer and I will have daily cards live each and every day of the week. So uh, be on the lookout for those episodes here on Claves Online. Another thing here on Claves Online each and every week, it's Good Nightingale with USA Today's Bob Nightingale and Claves, that's brought to you each and every week by our friends out at Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Fast Eddie's Bon Air in Alton, Illinois. Uh, fun place to go, whether it's having a meal, hanging out, good live entertainment, uh, dispensary right next door. Uh, a lot of good things going on at Fast Eddie's. Uh, you can make a weekend of it. Uh, I know a lot of people who will play golf over in Illinois, Spencer T. Olin, and meet their significance later and sit back and take in a game of some sort, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or the college football and certainly the Cardinals. Uh, great place to hang out. Uh, great service, great food, cold beer. Only thing is you got to be 21 or over. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on this edition of the Amron Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Gray Bar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClaibsOnline.com. Let me get this straight. Graybar is a distributor? Yep. For more than 150 years, we supported electrical and datacom projects all over the country. So you can get me products wherever and whenever I need them? Yep. Thanks to our expansive national logistics network. For any industry? Yep. From construction sites and industrial plants to schools, hospitals, and just about everything in between. So you could say Graybar is much more than a distributor. Yep. You could say that. Hmm. They really do it all. Yep. When you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join the thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Yep, Graybar does that. Back here, lunch with Claves and Joe. A few more minutes left on the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Graybar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota, and also one of our new sponsors, Claves, the Painting and Decorating Foundation, where uh, your uh, your future could, uh, or for our listeners, uh, their future could be out there at the Painting and Decorating Foundation Council. Well, you're right. And if you're a parent and you've got that youngster that's in high school, and they're not sure what's next. I mean, maybe there's college, maybe it's the military. Uh, you ought to think about the painting and decorating council. I mean, they've got incredible resources on how to train people to do a number of different things, uh, a skill that you can take anywhere. And uh, if you go out and take a tour of their location, it's, it's out in Chesterfield. But more importantly, just go online and check them out. I mean, there's something for everybody. Because as we learn, 
you know, some, some of these other options aren't for everyone. And I'm not saying that college is not for everyone, but I really don't think it's not, you know, but I think if you take a look at what painting decorating council has to offer and, and just maybe show it to your kid and get them interested in it. You have kids that like working with their hands and doing things and being creative Well, they're going to teach you the right way. And once you walk out of there, you'll be certified to do more things than you were before you walked in. So I would suggest you check them out, get a good idea of what's going on. And maybe there's going to be some sort of skill there that's going to work for you in your future. Claves, this past weekend down in Australia and New Zealand, the Women's World Cup. Uh, it was the knockout round. And for the second straight <laughs> World Cup, the U.S. women will not win in fact uh, they only won one game while they were down there losing in a uh, shootout penalty kicks in the uh, in the first round so for a team that was once known as a, for a, i guess a program once known for their absolute dominance seems like the rest of the world has kind of caught up to them uh, at this point and all the fame and everything around that i mean that that all comes when they are as dominant as they are and it loses a lot when you can't even win one game in the knockout stages. Yeah. You know what? They, they had problems from, from the beginning. Uh, and you're right. The world is caught up to them. And you know where they caught up to them at physically, the Swedes, that those women were huge compared to some of the uh, American players. Uh, you throw in the fact that there's a lot of huffing and puffing between world cups about making sure there's more money available. I mean, this thing was put on a platter for the women's team. And they just didn't live up to the expectations. So that will probably mean the coach will be fired. You know, coaches who lose early in the World Cup, they don't they don't last long. Uh, he was questioned from day one. Uh, and there was a lot of infighting, apparently. Uh, and so hopefully a lesson learned uh, that they, they, well, they were embarrassed, plain and simple. They got embarrassed by the rest of the world. Uh, you know, the only time they were any good, they, they took on Vietnam. And, you know, it could have been six nothing. It was ended up being three nothing. But they have some work to do about who they are. What are they going to be like next? And uh, they got four years of work on it. So we'll see how it unfolds. From football to uh, to football, Claves, NFL camps. Uh, well, we saw the Hall of Fame game last uh, last week. All of the other uh, preseason games are kicking off this weekend. Uh, I, I, you know, just just in talk, I've started, you know, kind of starting to pay attention a little more to NFL stuff, starting to do a little more research on it this year. It really does feel like this is going to be a different year in the NFL based on how teams are starting to address or look at the running back situation and how that's going to affect play on the field around the rest of the league. You're, you're it's we're not going to find out until week one, week two of the actual season. The preseason games aren't going to tell us anything about what teams are going to be looking at when it comes to that position. But you're seeing so many running backs not being paid and just kind of being kicked to the side so early in their careers that it might be a new, a new phase, a new era of NFL football this season. Well, uh, I know it's a trend. I don't think we'll know anything about the NFL till the fourth week of the season. Okay. Uh, because none of these guys play in preseason. They got to get themselves in true football shape with regard to contact. Um, this whole running back thing is a head scratcher, but I will tell you this, you better have one in November and December if you if you want to move your offense, because by then these teams will load up and double your receivers and make you, make you run the ball. Uh, these defenses, man, are just so good right now. Uh, but I think it also has a little bit to do with how we teach blocking 
and this is something Howard Richards and I are going to get into uh, when Huddle Up rolls around. Uh, blocking now is pushing and shoving and grabbing. There's no physical strength required as far as getting under a guy's pads and really tossing them, pancaking a guy. That's how you have a running game. Uh, we don't see that taught anymore. And I think it's caught up to the game where everybody wants to pass protect. And I get it. You know, that's, that's the quickest way to score. Mm-hmm. But I think we've kind of gotten away from the basic fundamentals of the game. Now, people will say, well, the game's changed. Yeah, it has changed. But if you don't have the basics working for you, it's all for not, man, because it catches up to you. So I think this is going to be – I agree with you. I think this is going to be a very interesting season and how things are going to be perceived. Um, but to eliminate the running back as we know it, I don't think that's going to happen. I think what you're going to look for are more running backs who can catch the ball out of backfield, which they've been able to do. And also find running backs who can block. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, there's still something to be said for a guy who can break one off, yeah, okay, and grind it out and push a team and wear them down. Uh, there was a time when teams would physically just punish you with a running game, and you know we don't see that anymore because we're trying to throw it on every down. We just, I get it, but I still think you better have a running back in your back pocket. You better have two of them uh, if you want to compete. You have five games coming up this weekend. Anything planned? Anything special planned for the pregames when you are in Tampa this uh, this week? Anybody uh, special? No, up? we just kind of go as we see it. Uh, we'll probably talk to some coaches a little bit more. I, I, I'll tell you something, uh, Joe. Being a baseball coach is hard, man, at this level. I mean, it's ultra time consuming. I mean, with all the, the numbers that they have to crunch before the game, and preparing guys to play in certain positions or watching video on a picture and what these guys are tell somewhere. It's a hard thing to do. So we're going to hopefully visit with some of those guys and just kind of get their slant on what they see these days. Uh, and you just never know who shows up at these games that we might be able to talk to. You uh, every year you go to Kansas city for this. Do you yeah. have a, uh, do you have a recommendation for food in, uh, in Kansas city, a restaurant out there? Well, you know, everybody thinks barbecue is a catch me out there. And, and maybe they do. You know what? They have a great Capitol Grill right there in the plaza. That's where you, you may find. Grill. That's where you may find me. <laughs> uh, let me think about that because there are a couple of little nooks and cranny places that I've been to. But let me think about what's hot right now. All right. Well, you enjoy your uh, your Friday and Saturday there in Kansas City this uh, this weekend. Uh, and then you'll talk, I, I hope, with Nick Ragone. I hope you guys are able to connect this week. Talk a little golf uh, this week as we are a month away from the Ascension Charity Classic. I'm sure right Nick now. will have a new announcement for us as well. So I'm looking forward to doing that on Thursday. Yeah, his press conference was last week uh, for that. You can find it by going to the Claves Online YouTube page. You could see the press conference from last week there. A lot of good information well. from that, that visit last week. Yeah. A lot of good information. Well, Clave, safe travels this week. Uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy your time, your day off. You get a day off today down in Florida. Uh, Maybe so. you know, it may take in a movie this this afternoon. I, mean, Barbie? I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. Barbie's not. Uh, yeah, I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> I took my son last night. We went to go see the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that uh, that was out. I'll tell you what. Hey, if you just want a quick movie. For any parents out there, claims the movie is like less than 90 minutes. Well, they figured out the kids' attention spans aren't that long, so they want to get in and get out. It was, I mean, from all of the Marvel movies that I have been taking him to the last few years and having to sit there for three hours with that, 
this movie and, ended and he kind of turned and looked at me. He's like, it's over. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's go. over. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Hey, let me run this by you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this article about Taylor Swift and how, you know, they made a billion dollars on tour. Yeah. 1989 uh, and Red, her two best yeah. albums. Yeah. So here's the kicker. If you're a city that's not on that list and they, you know, I, I know Philadelphia said that they hope their hotels were pre-pandemic as far as bookings were concerned when she was there. If you're a city like St. Louis, would you pay a million bucks to bring her to St. Louis? Yes, absolutely. Okay. You get, I mean, if she's doing, if she's doing two nights, yes, hundred percent. All the and, restaurants. And here's the there, thing. You have, a- you have the money from the Rams thing. Mm-hmm. You take a couple million of that and say, Hey, here's a couple million extra for you to come perform. I think you got to roll the dice on that. So, Claves, let me just put this out here. This is I've, the, when it comes to bringing money in. When it comes to this kind of stuff, this is where. So, this past weekend, and by the way, there's another thing I, we didn't get to yet either that we will, and I'll I'll tie it all in. Um, but this last weekend, SummerSlam was up in Detroit. WWE SummerSlam, they're one of their top three premium live events. Also, mm-hmm. this past week, the LA Sports and Entertainment um, Committee commission they posted that wrestlemania 39 back in april brought in 215 million dollars to the los angeles area for that you're not bringing SummerSlam, or you're not bringing a wrestlemania to st louis they don't have the venue the dome isn't going to be a venue for that they want nice newer domes but there's How no they reason know the difference with they, their fan base they, they don't care. Look, man, they also they there. also want stuff to you you to be able to go do stuff, and they want it to be a good time of year. April in St. Louis not going to happen, but July, early August in St. Louis, they could bring St. Louis could bring a SummerSlam in here, hundred million dollars plus in revenue could be coming into the city. Let me ask that. you a question: What about uh, what's what what capacity are they looking at? They are looking for over fifty thousand. I mean, put they in could. That's I, Claves. I've been pushing for that. I don't. You put me in front of the right people, and I will. I will put a whole slideshow together and bring bring SummerSlam to Bush Stadium. You you connect me with the right people, and I'll get it done. I'll do that. Yeah, but I'm just saying. No, so you bring all this in, and yes, like a, something like a Taylor Swift, a million dollars for that. That's nothing. That's not you're gonna make ten million dollars, twenty million dollars so, off of that. So you gotta be doing it. Somebody yes. Uh, okay. So I'm I'm issuing a challenge to our city officials and county. Uh if you all aren't on the phone talking about how much money you want to put into this to bring this event to your city, your community, you all ought to all be out of office. It's yeah, it's no it's excuse. Just- it's I, I get that the dome is not one of the premier stadiums. I, I, I care get less. that, but if that's the way they're looking at it, but yeah, you have that. It, this is by far one of the biggest musical tours that the world has ever seen. You you have to be in line for it, I or agree. you're yeah. You cannot be on the outside looking in for something like this. It's unreal. By the way, speaking of uh of SummerSlam and wrestling this week, the biggest fight of the weekend happened in Cleveland. Uh we did not talk about this when we talked <laughs> when we talked about baseball earlier. Uh Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson. I, I there every time this is one of those videos where every time you watch it you see something else happen 
because right away at first you just saw Tim Anderson get hit in the jaw and go down real fast. The best part of it is the umpire in this. Malachi Moore. <laughs> he was like, I don't want anything to do with this. He tried get to get in the way, and he was like, nope, no, uh-uh. I'm not going to do that. That's called a business decision. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, Tim Anderson got knocked the F out to you where he what? couldn't walk off the field yeah, without but there's help. A spot, there's a spot right on your chin that if you get hit there, it's over. I don't care, you know, what, what – you know, how strong you are. And uh, he got caught. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. Tim Anderson is, is a tough hombre. You know, I know but he's still I mean. talking. He's still tweeting. He's still That's making right. comments. That's all right. You know what? I, I guarantee you this. Somebody's going to chirp at him, and it's going to be game on again. And I guarantee you he'll, he'll avenge his knockdown. All right. Well, he's, I mean, he's got to avenge uh, Jose Ramirez first. I mean. Yeah. yeah. What kind you of know. suspension do you think would be handed down for that? They'll both probably get five to ten. Yeah. Ramirez was back in the lineup yesterday. Yeah, well, I'm sure that somebody's, you know, maybe he's appealing. Yeah, designated hitter, second day in a row he yeah. was. Uh, he had that position. So, uh, I don't know if the two, I don't know if the Guardians and the White Sox play each other again this year, but hopefully, uh, hopefully they do, and both guys are back on the field, and we get a little more fireworks out of that. One of the, I mean, by, and also too, a, a Forrest Gump situation. Elvis Andrews for two of the best knockouts in baseball history. Elvis Andrews had a front row seat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Rugnit Odor knocked out Joey Bats in uh, in Toronto, and then uh, for this one yesterday, he was the second baseman in both of those, just standing right there watching uh, watching it happen. So that's a uh, yeah, that an interesting uh, interesting little side note to Elvis Andrews' career, along with uh, I think he's what number three, two or three right now as current baseball players when it comes to all time hits. Who Elvis Andrews is up there right now. If you look at the current MLB hit leaders, yeah, did you not know that? Were you not because they were just in town? We were just talking the active current hit leaders right now. Elvis Andrews, I'm sorry, he's number five on the list right now. Who's in front he of is- Miguel Cabrera over three thousand? Yeah. Joey Votto. Yeah. Then Nelson Cruz is at twenty fifty three. Freddie yeah, Freeman's done. at tw- uh, Freddie Freeman's at twenty fifty two, and Elvis Andrews is at twenty fifty one. Probably, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 He's been a good player. 15 years yeah. in the, uh, in the big, I, I, I'm going to guess that Freddie Freeman ends the year with more hits than Elvis Andrews. So I agree. Yeah. I don't he's, think, yeah, he's I don't think he's, again. I don't think he's, he's really jumping, good yeah. <laughs> jumping up right now. All right, Claves, we will get out of here. Enjoy, uh, enjoy Oppenheimer. If you go see that and enjoy Capitol grill, whatever, when you find down there in the, uh, Tampa St. Peter, no, Bruce Chris tonight. Oh, okay. Bruce Chris tonight. All right. Well, <laughs> you enjoy that, and we will listen to you on the uh, the broadcast on KMOX, and we will look for you all week long on ClabesOnline.com. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. Talk to you later right here on uh, the Amarillo Lunch Show here on ClabesOnline.com. The legends of golf return to St. Louis in 2023. You won't want to miss one of the strongest fields in golf. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Bernard Langer, John Daly, and many more when they compete for the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic title, September 5th through the 10th at historic Norwood Hills Country Club. All proceeds benefit area charities. Together, we were able to donate over $1 million to those most in need last year. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com.